this time on Don't Evolve Me. Epic. <laughs> Go keep going, man. Oh, this is where you're supposed to jump in. Oh, this is where I'm supposed to go. It's me, Mario. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Don Johnson here. I'm here to, you know, talk with Jake and speak about all of his ratings in his first prior podcast and kind of let him know what the truth is and what's up. Talk about all sorts of things, Marvel movies, DC, The Mandalorian, you're being, you're being Ant-Man. very nice. He's going to tell me why I suck at ratings. And, you know, of course, Tom Brady's retirement, sad day. Oh, yeah. Doo-doo. But, we'll uh, get, yeah, I'm here. We'll get into it. It's exciting. So let's cue the music. Hello there. It's a me, a Jake. Yeah, I gotta make fun of Donald. Welcome to the Don't Evolve Me, the place like Ash Ketchum's Pikachu. We don't evolve, we level up. And I'd like to welcome a special, my special friend and guest, Donald Johnson. What's up? Am I supposed <laughs> to go here? Is this my turn? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is me. Uh, yeah, sweet. What, what can I say about myself? Just uh, met Jake a long time ago. Pretty fun individual, good person. We have great conversations. Jake and I talk a lot. We talk about all sorts of weird, fun stuff. Yeah, obviously, uh, I'm the better half of him. So, <laughs> what, are we a couple now? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, well, let's just talk. So, we first met as impromptu roommates. Yeah, that so, was crazy. Yeah, we were both uh, getting. Life. <laughs> yeah, we were both getting out of a relationship. Um, I was friends with your sh- sister at the time, and she was like, "Hey, I was moving back to Minnesota. I was living in Illinois." And she's like, hey, my brother needs a roommate. I think you guys would get along. And at first I was like, I don't know about this, but I really need a place to stay. And it looked like a really nice place. I was like, who is this shitbag? I know. I was a pretty nice person. I was like, like I said, I was getting off my own little break of things and stuff too. So I was like, yeah, well, what's this guy about? And she's like, oh, he likes Marvel. He's kind of weird like you. Kind of does nerdy. What a, you know, that kind of person. Like, how dare you? (laughs) So he's awesome. Check. Yeah, sure. Have him come on over. And then whatever. we hit it off immediately. Yeah. Oh, very well. It's like like I knew him for years. Yeah, it kind of felt that way. And then, like the first thing we did was we did a giant uh, Marvel marathon. Yeah. It was awesome. We had to prepare for Endgame. And believe it or not, the first I just found out just not too long ago, like he wasn't a big comic book fan until after Phase 1 of Marvel. It blew my mind. <laughs> well, not after Phase It was during Phase 1. During was, Phase 1. It blew my mind. Captain America was the first movie that I... Uh, like watched in theaters and yeah. I kind of got into it. That's when I started becoming a big uh, movie buff. Went to uh, movies with my girlfriend at the time and it seemed like every weekend we were watching a new movie and I just kind of fell in love with Marvel and I got more into my... I always liked superheroes. I always liked... Spider-Man was always my biggest uh, superhero that I liked and I always... Anytime that I had the opportunity to watch Spider-Man, I watched it. I just never had that opportunity living on the country, not a whole lot of internet. Um parents love them but they're not like the most culturally oh, yeah. sound it's just like individuals like, yeah superhero movies oh get out of here oh they, they i mean they enjoy it they're just not like they're not into it so not as passionate as, as we are for sure yeah I <laughs> we got some weird nerdy passion for it let's be honest oh for sure so i didn't get a chance to really get into like the superhero nerdiness until about then and then it's yeah yeah i mean like superheroes the great reality escape of life i mean it shows you like I don't know. It just kind of takes you out to a new world, a new scape. And it's, yeah. It's fun. It's like, 
you get to live through like their lives and you're like, oh man, what would it be like to have those powers? What would it be like to have that responsibility? Or be in that situation, how hard would it be? It's, yeah, that's why it's always fun. That's why I love them. It's so cool. Oh, like if if you can put yourself in the shoes and think of yourself in the world and think artistically creative, and I'm not an artist by any means, so mm. having the thought of this these realities is really what draws me to the superhero genre in general. Yeah, it's really fun to write about too. Um, I haven't talked a whole lot on this podcast about how I've like written comics in the past, but it is it that is like to me the ultimate escape is writing a character with the power that you want and then just creating a story off of that. You've read. I think you're one of the ones that like read most of my comics. Yeah, I'm, I've, read, I've read a lot of them. I like to I enjoy the story builds of anybody's story. I'm, like, I'm not an artist myself, so like yeah. reading other people's stories where I glow in my own mind. And, I and, sadly have not sorry. made any progress since you read them all. Yeah, I kind of figured that because I didn't hear see anything for the last four years. I was like, what the heck, man? You just gave me your first six <laughs> volumes, and you're like... Hey, I got nah. eight, eight, eight <laughs> yeah, issues. Eight issues of Amaze. That's that's the yeah. story that I'm working on, and I am still working on issue nine. The triple character arc. It was great. It was going places, and then he's like, "I don't write anymore." <laughs> oh, I, oh no, no, no! I liked it. It's one of those. It's an ADHD moment where I get, I get to a point where I'm like, I don't know how to write this uh, this issue specifically. And I just I got stuck. Not gonna lie, man. I can't just. Stop touching the mic. It's just... <laughs> it's fine. I would just uh, hold off a little bit so it doesn't shake too much. If you hear a lot of rattling, that's Donald. Yeah, that's, that's me touching the mic. It's in a weird position. I could describe it to you, but... <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting like I'm doing an interview. Um, I'm in front of my desk. It feels like I'm interviewing him Bill for Clinton, a Bill Clinton, like you know, mic right there. <laughs> it's one way to describe it. Okay. Yeah, just help me out. So, yeah. Uh, so, our friendship started as roommates. We were roommates for about nine months, and we kind of just become friends ever since. Um, we saw Endgame together. I thought that was a really cool... Uh, we were, we prepped really, really hard for Endgame. Yeah. More than I think a lot of people did. We got dressed up for it and did the whole nine yards. We were the <laughs> one of three people who dressed up for it. I th- was there one other person? Yeah, I think there's one other person in the theater that dressed up. I don't up. even remember what they were dressed up as. I think there was a very uh, simple costume. Yeah, I think it was another Stan Lee costume, if I remember correctly. Was right? it? Was it? Yeah. I don't remember seeing another Stan Lee. Yeah. So anyway. Um, it was just maybe one or two other people. That's the point. There wasn't that much that so took we, it as seriously as we did. All so right. we went to the first night. This man bought a $300 Doctor Strange costume. And you guys can't see him. He looks like Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's that's. that's that's yeah, you, <laughs> you 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 got to look down to a T. Yeah. So he looks very much like Doctor Strange. I was going to go with Spider-Man. Bought a Spider-Man costume. It's one of the cheap $50 costumes. Bought an extra large. It was like one of those skin-tight suits. Found out I'm too tall to be Spider-Man. Yeah, tall, thick. A couple other places. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was decently thin at that time. So it wasn't it wasn't the thickness. Now I couldn't be nah, Spider-Man. he's a good liar. It's fine. No. <laughs> I was in shape, man. <laughs> Yeah, he was good, yeah. I remember him trying to put that on and show, like, yeah, this ain't going to work out. Yeah. I'm like, what? You got to dress up, man. <laughs> so I went, I went with uh, Stan Lee, and I, th- I actually think it worked out better. And he nailed it. Oh, yeah. I still have pictures. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. We should post. I should post it on the, um, Facebook. Anyway, this is a good segue. For those who want to reach out uh, to Don't Evolve Me, I have a Gmail now, me at gmail.com. You can email us what you think about the show if you hate it love it you can rip me a new one or you can tell us how much you love it you can also hit us up on our facebook page and soon yeah by the time this podcast posts we'll have a twitter handle as well and instagram 
Uh, you can use the hashtag love down if you love me and a hashtag <laughs> screw Jake if you think Jake is less, you know. Use him up. Yep. Trend it. Do it. it. <laughs> Do it. Make trend it trend. Trend it. So, yeah. TikTok it, whatever. But yeah, we'll post the, we'll post the picture on there. I th- yeah, I thought it was really funny because you spent like $300 on this Doctor Strange costume, which looked absolutely great, by the way. I spent, I think, no more than $20 on the Stanley costume. Went to Goodwill. Got myself a little sweater. Uh, his like green sweater, white dress shirt. Um, dress pants, and then we did the fake mustache, hair slicked back, dyed my hair gray. And is what did what did everyone come up to you and tell you? What was that? I had a lot of people come up to you. Yeah, they gave you a lot of compliments, but then after your compliment, they would ask you a question. Oh, is that <laughs> is that your god? <laughs> like all those questions? No, no, they would come up to like, have you have you? Oh, you had a great Doctor Strange costume. Did you see Stan Lee? Oh, yeah. There's that, too. Yeah. I remember that. Although there was a ton of people that did that. that yeah. Like, and you're just both like, of us. And you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> nah, I didn't, I didn't mind. I thought it was awesome. You know, I mean, there's actually people that recognize and notice it as you're in the moment. You're like, you're doing this for fun because you really yeah. love something so much. And they're like, not knowing that Jake and I were at the movie together as oh, a crew yeah. watching it. <laughs> they would come up to you because they're like, oh, your costume's so cool. Did you see Stan Lee? Did you see that? That's so cool, too. And you're like... I know. Yeah, we, <laughs> I know. <laughs> we planned it together. We're roommates. Uh, we're the ones that came together. <laughs> yep, that's us. Yep. Then your your sister went as Captain Marvel. Yep. So. We had a crew. Uh, it was good. We did. There only three of us, though. Yeah, we tried to get... Well, no. My, uh, yeah, I think there's only three of us. Did Ryan Ackman show up? I don't remember if Ryan showed up or not. Uh, I think he showed up, but I don't know if he I think he was up. there. He didn't dress up, though. Yeah, we were the only three that dressed up. Yeah. This is the only. It's the first and only movie I ever dressed up for. I would. I would do it again. It was fun. Oh, ten. I just like. It, was, it might have been too soon, but the entire time I'm like, this is the movie I come back in. Excelsior. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, like, at that time, Stanley just died a few months ago. Yeah. So it was and then Endgame, like everyone just died. We're everyone's supposed to come back. And yeah. Yeah, I dress up for movies all the time. It's just I don't know. I, I get super huge in the nerdy stuff, almost too big, and I like to show my support and. It's always fun oh. to see when people take it, you know, to the next level. Let's oh, yeah. I'll take anything to the next level. Oh, that's it's, one of those things. It's fun. <laughs> I try to at least uh, do like a shirt or sock or something, depending on. Speaking of socks. Oh yeah, we should, I should definitely do a new segment. What socks are you wearing? And like, reckon, like make people wear cool nerdy socks. So Donald, please explain to the audience what socks you're wearing. What part of my body? <laughs> Just kidding. I, where else would you have? Okay, we're not going. Don't answer that. The uh, socks yeah. on your feet. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, that sock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge nerdy. Not really nerdy. Sorry, I don't want to say nerdy too much because I don't know how to explain. Like, I'm a sock fanatic. I have so many different socks. He does. Every day is a different pair of whatever. And today I'm wearing my uh, Ang socks from the last Avatar, the last Airbender. Very They're pretty nice. cool. They're two little Ang people. Sitting on my feet. I mean, I'll, I'll wear all sorts Very of stuff. Nice. And crazy socks. I mean, yeah. even even Jake has crazy socks on today. Oh yeah, I, I had a match. I did Mario. Um, That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he said it in the intro. That makes more sense now. <laughs> Mario and mushrooms. He finally picks up on. Hey, I got Mario socks on. Weird check. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Mario movie coming out. Oh my gosh! Have I'm you so seen excited. the trailer? I know a lot of people give Chris Pratt crap because it's Chris Pratt, but. Uh, I mean, I think it's just because it's not the original Mario. 
Yeah, actor. it's not the original Mario people used to, but like, which, oh, man, that movie I'm so excited which for. Which they should have just used the original Mario actor. Like, if you if he's alive, available, and, like, willing to do it, you can't, I, I'm <sighs> like, why not? Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Chris Pratt having the role. I'm yeah, not going to hate on it. Um, from the trailers, he sounds okay. Let's see how it goes. I mean... All the, other than Jack Black, every other character sounds weird. Like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong just doesn't seem right. Um, Charlie Day as Luigi doesn't seem right. But I'm like, I'm okay with it. it. I'm okay with I it. I love the cast. I love the craziness. Of I it. don't I mean, need the voices to be exactly what I'm used to. I'm okay with change. And I'm I'm just excited that Mario's actually going to have a movie. The animation space. style looks like it has in there too. Oh my yeah. gosh. And it seems like it's a good love letter to the game, which I'm happy that uh, I was going to say superhero. I'm happy that video game adaptations are finally actually like loving the material. Yep. Loving the material and the characters for what they are. I mean, you don't have to be the exact character, but like creating its own a cinematic verse, just like the MCU is just like the comic books. Always. Yeah. You know, you have that same cinematic universe of these characters you can build mm-hmm. out. And I think that's, that's huge. Have you, uh, have you watched the last of us at all? I haven't watched the last of us mainly because I've been working. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I want The Last of Us, and it, it sounds really exciting. So I'm excited to see that video game in a live action. And it's really good. I'm, and I'm, I'm a huge fan it. of Pedro Pascal. I am. Uh, I'm really, really digging it. Um, episode five just released yesterday, and uh, I have not watched it yet because I've been doing this. Po- uh, this is my third podcast. Oh, so we've both been busy. Yeah. Nice. This is my yeah, third podcast definitely... recording within um, 16 hours now. Yeah, yeah. So I woke up. Oh. I was tired. I didn't get home until midnight. When and, will we uh, get together and watch that? What the heck? Last of Us? Well, now we will get together and watch that. We're going to put that on the schedule. Yeah, you're back. Anyway, um, so this, this man left about a year. No, not a year ago, about eight months ago to do a very Jay exciting job. Out. That's what happened. <laughs> Ticked him <laughs> off. Made a move to Utah. But you you got to work for uh, Tesla. Mm, yeah, sure did. Yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you did. Oh, what did I do at Tesla? All sorts of stuff. <laughs> you know, the what did you do? You know, like, yeah, no. I'll tell you a little bit of experience how I got, you know, got to Tesla. I'm a pretty hard worker in general and like to work hard and work towards dreams and stuff. So I had always, mm-hmm. always had a dream of working for a company that, uh, you know, I believed in. And I really was a person that believed in Tesla's mission to, you know, uh, transition the world to sustainable energy, and that's kind of their goal and their mission. Because yeah. Tesla's a lot more, not many people know this, a lot more than cars. I mean, they're responsible for over 33% of the solar that's out in the world. Mm. I mean, Hawaii runs completely off, they're coal free based off the solar stuff that's going on down there. And there's a lot of people I know that don't have faith in solar, and like my own parents, my own people around me, like, yeah. ah, that's, shit don't work, you know? <laughs> people are like that, or the battery dies in the car, only the last five years. You got a ton of people like that, but. I think like when you have that mission in mind and you want to be, you actually do something to change the world and kind of felt that way. So I worked really hard because that's kind of what I want to do in my yeah. own right. And uh, it was at my one company that wasn't a solar. And then they told me that they were, you know, divesting from solar and going to focus on oil and gas. And if anybody knows me, I'm all about sustainable energy. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to work for oil and gas. And so at that time I kind of told them like, Hey, you know, I'm going to look for another job at this time. I know you're selling up my solar division that I work in and yep. uh, kind of decided, screw it. I'm just going to throw my application out there. I'm a pretty hard worker. I've got a pretty good resume. I'll throw it to Tesla, see what happens. And I did that in February. Yep. Let them know. And it wasn't until April. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla got a hold of me. 
And when Tesla was like, yeah, you know, are you interested in this position? Are you sure about it? You want to do it? You want to take it on? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, because I actually do believe in that uh, clean energy initiative and clean energy everywhere, especially if you can get something from the sun rather than resources. That's that's huge to me, and it always has been. Yeah. Uh, so I worked for Tesla for a while. Nice. You know, life comes and happens, and the reason why I'm back here now is because, you know. Got a bigger job. Yeah, got a bigger job uh, because I left my last company in the way I did. And, and I always value myself on this one. Ever yeah. leave anybody in any company is, you know, leave those bridges intact, leave those relationships well, leave anybody well, and leave leave with your best intentions and heart, and, and truly go to the things that you're passionate about. And I was really passionate about Tesla, so I left that company in the best part. And then my old boss uh, put me up for a CFO role for a construction company back here in Minnesota. Nice. So they, uh, they reached back out to me or they didn't reach, they, my boss reached out to them who reached out to me and said, Hey, you want to interview for a CFO role? You know, my age of 28 years old, that was huge. Yeah. Like, not many people at 28 and get the opportunity to go to a, a board and, and interview for a CFO ever. Let alone be a CFO. Yeah. Let alone, yeah. Let alone be one. Right. You That's know, crazy. so, you know, you're trying to explain to people like, I thought Tesla was your dream. And, and, and I posted about this a little bit on, on my own social media too, is like, uh, Dreams got to be flexible to what you're doing in life, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be, right? You gotta, you have a dream. I do have a dream to change the world, and make clean, sustainable energy, but it's also got to be flexible to what's best. Because at Tesla, I, you know, it's pretty high up as far as considered if you consider levels of roles and even getting into Tesla in the first place, and yeah, the big severity of that. But you know, there's still five or six more steps you need to get in order to fully bring your impact down. Let's just be straightforward. You can't always impact. You, you take steps, right? It's all yep. small steps. And then, so when they offered me the CFO role, is pretty much taking that five steps I would have had to go in between mm-hmm. and jumping straight to the top where now I'm in this position where I can start showing people the greatness of what clean energy can do and stuff like that. So I'm taking my outside time outside of work. Nice. Here's the things you can do. I mean, I, my dad and mom were never someone that would put solar yeah. panels on their house in a million years. My dad was so far against them. Basically, now my parents are like the most excited people in the world because they put solar panels on the roof, <laughs> which to me is wild. You my dad, them. congrats! Is, you know, if you ever meet him, he used to be like one of those non, yeah, <laughs> don't trust any of this new tech. It's all garbage. Shit don't work. You know, and then here we are now, and my mom and dad are running their house off solar panels. So you're like, huh? That's and, cool. Yeah, and that's kind of the impact. And now I'm in this position and I'm back home and they can see. My, my parents actually looked into uh, solar panels. They, they don't trust like the system that they're, or the the company that they talk to. They talk to two companies. They, yeah. They're still kind of iffy on it. But they're they're looking into uh, solar panels. And I would too for this house, but I have so much tree coverage. Yeah, too much tree coverage. I mean, that that's the thing too. It's not like, I don't think it's right for every house in every area. But yeah. I mean, if you've got other people, like if you're on a farm or anything like that or have open space, it's almost intuitively better and you can and even with that you can take that free energy and help other people around the world but anyway oh, that's sure. getting too far sidetracked on solar oh, no, no, my no, passion for, sure. for it, but <laughs> no talk about your passions so, talk yeah, about I your mean, nerdiness i um all for clean energy i just feel like it makes sense yeah you, you know me and my political aspects there is a role in the show though for like politics typically usually usually we leave it towards the end but we're not really diving that deep into it yeah we're not we don't, we don't, yeah, i don't dive into politics i just dive into like the, the true passions of true heart and you know all right so like, yeah so i got one question for you uh-oh did you meet elon yeah i had i met elon i mean like meet him meet him i met him actually on my prior job i have met him 
on the current job, well, not my current current job, but I met him at Tesla. We had meetings. We talked. I talked to Zach, the CFO. Really? Srila. Yeah, we had meetings. What's he like? Uh, Elon is, he's a very direct, straightforward person. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, a lot of people kind of joke that Ian has a little bit of autism, which he does. He's, he's, he's a little slight. He's not actually the best. He's not very, I guess, he's kind of like me in a way. If you don't really know me, I'm not the most outgoing. I'm pretty comfortable with Jake here. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, overall, in the old super world, Elon's not a wild personality. He's very self-reserved, and he just, you know, actually believes in the mission that he can change the world, and he's, he actually shows that pretty well. Um, he's also straightforward and honest with people. He doesn't he doesn't beat around the bush. Uh, I'm hmm. sure if you guys seen that in the media, he, he's pretty he, he's pretty straight shooter to the point. Yeah. What's and, the most impactful thing he's uh, told you? Uh, the most impactful thing Elon's told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elon was a big person and he loved me and he's like uh, keep driving um, obviously he built the cars and the Teslas and invented those right. and, and the biggest thing he kind of told me was his message well it was just keep driving he just told me to keep driving towards what you're doing because what you're doing you know matters which is kind of weird because I wasn't like super high enough in Tesla to be like hey like, what are you talking about but yeah from the meeting I had we were just talking about changing some terms and some stuff I don't cool. I can't get into it too much but because uh, the NDA but yeah he was just keep driving uh, and I got a pretty good drive and out there, so he was, yeah. you know, kind of keeping towards his car, Tesla self, and his autism right. self when he has a hyper focus on a lot of things. Oops, excuse me, burping. Woo! Ah, he has a hyper focus on a lot of things. So, so you know, it's his passion. So when he said keep driving to me, it's kind of like it was almost his nod of you could you could tell like, the appreciation kind of in someone when yeah. they're with you, and they know and you're realizing it was kind of that feeling. And a lot of people at that workplace, you know, after that meeting were like super weirdly respectful to me in the office and like this is that's people, really cool people would hear my name in the office and they'd be like is that Don Johnson and I was like <laughs> oh, yeah, and you I could mean, see it in their chats too like you're talking to Don that Don Johnson and I was like I've only been here for a month but yes that's me <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. and that's what it was like and then when they found out that I got the CFO role they, Tesla was like oh man uh, you, you gotta take it that's exactly what Elon was talking about when he said keep driving yeah keep driving towards who you are as a person who you're trying to be and, well for sure I mean like this could you know. be your final stop, or it could be um, a stepping stone to something else, too. Yeah, and, and when I left Tesla, too, I, I left it in such good hands. It's like I left the last company. Like, yep. all right, if, if you come back, we want you. I mean, if, if this doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Like, yeah, we want you in Buffalo, New York, or we want you in Austin. Nice. Uh, they wanted me in Buffalo, New York, because they knew my passion more for the solar side of stuff, and yeah. Austin's more on the car side. So if anybody didn't know Tesla, this big solar office and energy office is out of Buffalo. So they like, hmm. come back to Buffalo if you want to come to the auto side. You know, just just come back if, if it doesn't work out. So it's kind of a good mutual leaving and understanding. I mean, Heather was Heather was my boss. She's pretty high up in Tesla too. She's only a couple steps down from she's two steps down from the CFO. However, you want to take the R higher yeah. of that. So yeah, they're, they're very respectful and they wanted me to move forward in Tesla, but they also understood you, know, you got a CFO opportunity. Yeah, man, you take it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind for of what, sure. What I everyone's mean, like, mutual thing was. And well, I even when he told you that you were leaving for Tesla, I was like. You like you're telling me it's an opportunity I have to take it. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, like you're single, you don't like you don't like you have your family, but you don't have like a family. You don't like your roots aren't set here. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. It's, like even if I had that opportunity with the family in the house, I would be hard pressed not to take an opportunity like that. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, at the same time, I mean, we're about the people around you, of course. And I always like I have a big passion heart too for people and make sure everyone's mm-hmm. okay and very try to be as forthgiving as I can. But yeah. Like I said, Elon's message was, was small to me, but in those meetings, he even pointed out to me a couple times, like, be more like him, which hmm. is weird because I'm Don Johnson. It's hard to think that 
I'm never a person that's going to meet someone famous and be like, oh, dejected. I'm always someone that's trying to you know, take, yeah, them, take them at face value. You should take anybody you see in life. That's true. I can so back that up. But it's still, it's still a cool feeling to have someone yeah. like that when you're in multiple meetings and they point you out more yeah, than that's once. Really cool. <laughs> and you're like, I oh, mean, this is cool. Elon Musk is like, what, the richest or one of the richest men on the planet? Hell, stock's going down. So, well, well, it's going down for a while. So, yeah, you know. there's the whole Twitter thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we, exactly. we don't have to get into the Twitter thing. <laughs> we don't have to get into stocks and stuff. I'm a fan of finance guy, but you know, let's not talk about work outside of work, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Keep it going. Well, thank you for that. And again, congratulations on your new job and new role. Oh, um, I mean, thanks for inviting me back really, out here. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm happy you're back too in Minnesota. I get to make fun of Jake more. This is like a dream come true. <laughs> I was like, I get to come back and give Jake crap. Yes. Oh, you do. <laughs> Everything That's I ever wanted. Upcoming segment. Uh, but before we get into that, let's go to the new segment. So I'm still debating what I want to call this. I have between two names, either Quickie News or a news quickie. And basically, we just I just list three things that are news, and we As talk about it. As my mic is sitting right here like mono whiskey. News quickie. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Why? Is that, is that the one you're leaning on? A news quickie. A, a little quickie, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. Very intimate. I don't know. I'm happy enough. I think I'm going to put a poll on my social media page and see if I can get some um, traction on there and see if yeah, we I wonder if they some... can give us some news to talk about too. If they want to hear other topics, oh, they can give us some news. Great, right? I eventually I want to do a segment once we get our, uh, more people engaged with the social media platform. Like, I want to do a whole like podcast of this answering questions of people. Oh yeah, that'd be so fun. Even in like the crap questions that are like the random fun ones that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I lo- uh, dude, that. That'd be fun. That sounds awesome. I love kind of doing that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. that interaction with people is, is great. I mean, um, yeah, it's just fun. But uh, my thinking was doing a poll, either Quickie News or News Quickie, and having them maybe determine which one. Or I'm, a third option, an other. Third option? Do you have a third option? I don't have a third option. Oh. On the spot, go. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> news to me. <laughs> I've heard worse. Uh, puns are the best, guys. Shut I've up. Heard, I've heard worse. <laughs> All right, you so haven't heard any better than that, you son of a gun. All right, let's get into it. Hogwarts Legacy is now now out. I only bring this up because Donald's a huge Harry Potter guy. Oh yeah, like like I said, I'm all about the nerd universe. Getting are you, are you going to be playing it soon? I, I, I wish. I know you're busy. CFO. Busy. Gosh, I I want to play it. I mean, I'm a huge. Hogwarts fan. Don't you have a PlayStation 5? For kind of the world that they built. I do have a PS5. And okay. It's fantastic. They're playing yeah. Overwatch. Oh, okay. Because that's what my buddies like to play, so yeah. we jump on Overwatch. <laughs> I'm a horrible video game person, actually, overall. I I want, I, I, I want to get into it. I want to start streaming. Uh, as you can, Donna, as you can see, my computer's not really, uh, put together yet, and I don't have a PS5. Uh, it's broken. That's what it means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first, broken. the first case broke. Uh, I didn't tell you how it broke. The button fell off. The start button. So the start button wasn't working. So I un- undid the button, and so it was simply just like the little wire button. And so I was using that to start the computer. And one day, Sapphire, my girlfriend, she went to turn it on. It fell off. Like the whole thing, like fell off the cord. And I was like, and that's Jake's fixing job right there, guys, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And she's like, is that bad? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I need a new case. Yep. So I bought a new case. I finally got all the parts into it. I just don't know where it plugs into. And yeah, ADHD, that's a task I don't know how to do. And I 
It's been sitting on my desk for three months. Yeah, it's, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, get there. I mean, the game's exciting. It's exciting, kind of like I said, escape because there's different fans. It's like Marvel, DC, all that kind of yeah. stuff, and you can be a fan of all of it, kind of like I am. I'm a fan of everything. And Harry Potter's just that neat world <clears throat> experience. And I was really so I was never really big in the Harry Potter, but I was really excited because I know like I first thought of you. I think I might have even told you that hey, they're making a Harry Potter RPG game. Yeah, and so. When it finally released, I, I kind of forgot about it for like these three or four years. And then it released. I'm like, oh, that's the, yeah, that's the RPG game. And then I watched a little bit of streaming. It looks, it looks fun. Yeah, it looks, it looks very fun. It's incredibly a, well built. There's a little controversy into it. And this goes a little bit into politics, but I like talking about when it goes into uh, the nerdy things that we talk about. And that's yeah. the whole uh, trans rights with uh, J.K. Rawlings. There's a huge uh, boycotting of it. Yeah, there's, there's a huge boycotting of it, but. I am. I think respect art where art is. I mean, you don't have to respect the artist too much, but this this is this, this is, is grown beyond J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I, that's it, how it's I, so far beyond her. It's that's how I feel about she it. She doesn't really. I, mean, I feel she like, owns it to the core. She's the original creator, but I feel like boycotting it doesn't quite boycott her. Yeah, you're not boycotting her. Yeah, you. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I'm. I mean, but I'm very pro trans. I want to help that uh, community out. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. I, I like. I want to help if they're boycotting certain things. I want to help them out. But I'm like, I don't feel like this is the right thing to boycott because I don't think it boycotts J.K. Rawlings. I don't think it mentions. It doesn't go towards her. It goes towards this video game that's based on her universe. I mean, we could talk about J.K. Rowling, but like, yeah, you, it's kind of the thing that went beyond. Like when you build something. Almost so well. No offense to whoever builds it, but if you build something that goes beyond you, yeah, I mean, there's something about that that's huge. I mean, you can even take so many different things that go far beyond the original artist and creator. Well, it's like um, Lord of the Rings and Tolkien because yep. he's known to be like a racist individual, or that's like the rumors that he is. And so, do we cancel him and don't you know watch or pay attention to anything Lord of the Rings at this point? No, it doesn't seem right. Like this became bigger than. Token. Speaking of news to me, <laughs> it's go, it's catching on. I got it. It's a space show. It's a space show. Guys, I mean, like you, we can take Rick and Morty for example. Oh yeah, with Royland. Like it's the same example, right? Like are you I already used Rick and Morty, Morty a bunch of in, in the yeah. previous ones. Well, exactly. But yeah, we same, can talk same, about it. Same reason, J.K. Rowling and that same Harry Potter universe. So I think this game's getting a lot of flack for what happened and there. And hundreds of people work on these games too. Yeah. So boycotting it boycotts their work, and there is like tra- pro transgender individuals yeah. who work on this game and characters in this game as well. Yeah, these, these are works of art. Like I said, you just got to respect art for what art is. Yep. And, and as a person, I think you'd always deject the person. But the thing that I always thought in my own head process is to, you can't object art at all to those things. Just art is art. It's there's something so beautiful. It's like nature when you go see a waterfall, right? Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous i mean like i said sometimes you find out like oh that's done without it well no i can't like that i I don't think that's a great attitude to take towards art you can just appreciate for what the art is or that's right in front of you just your life like your moments you appreciate those moments exactly i feel like the only part of when it's hard is when it's like directly their work uh michael jackson for example he has his whole past his whole controversy with uh, like the kids in neverland yep it, that I feel like it's a little bit different because it's directly his art. Yep. It's directly like his song, his music that you're supporting. That's different. But when it's like, oh, hey, I made this whole super or this whole universe, Wizarding World, Harry Potter, and it became bigger than me. It's if you start attacking the game. Yes, J.K. Rowling's getting royalties from this game. Yes, you're 
targeting that aspect of it, but she's not. There's she, so many other people. Yeah. She did directly work on this game. There's so many people that made that cinematic yeah. universe. Those directors, those writers. I mean, it's not. It's it's far beyond her scope. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when it comes to music, musical artists and things like that, like I get it. Like that, that that makes more sense. Like I'm. I mean, if you get to know me, I'm not the biggest Kobe Bryant fan or Ben LaRosseburger fan for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to. But it's funny how you know after stuff happens, you you change your number to 24, and you're like, you know. Have the decency to tell your kid. Yeah. <laughs> 24 and 8. Are you going to tell them 24 and 8 were different people? Like, eh, I don't know. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. I mean, once. But not to bash. It's probably too soon for that. But, you know, thinking about the wise, yeah, objectively to art versus a single individual person in support of that is, it is a different thing. Mm. Not to get right. too deep into that, but oh, no, my no bad, worries. y'all. <laughs> no, no, no worries. <laughs> no respect. Right. No disrespect saying there either. It's just like, you know. There's there's a difference in definitely uh, testing the quickie boundaries of the segment. Yeah, this is not very quick. <laughs> That's why it's news to me. <laughs> ah! <laughs> God right. dang it! Uh, I got myself with that one. Oh God! All right, next one. Uh, Nintendo <laughs> Direct came out this week. Hey! Uh, Tears of the Kingdom: Legend of Zelda. Seventy dollars, guys. Nintendo prices are going up. Oh, you can afford it. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> Yeah, the CFO. You didn't see all the jokes like ah, the price is going. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, ten bucks. Come on, give give it. A- I don't know. I mean, uh... you ever try to buy eggs? <laughs> oh god, yeah, that inflation. Okay, ten dollars yeah, more. Yeah, not to get political, but yeah. Oh, I'm excited for it. You know? Except this is the one game. Like, god damn it, I, mm, I'm probably paying the seventy dollars for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a thing. Like, any of these games are so. I was. I don't play much video games. I, I mean, I do play video games, but I'm not the biggest like gamer of all time. People get super yeah. serious. You know, I like the role playing games where I can, you know, see the story because I enjoy the yep. stories. So it's like seventy dollars. Uh, easy, easy. You spend the money. See, I'm excited like for this one. I'm not a huge Legend of Zelda person. Um, I tried playing Ocarina of Time. I never had the extension in the Nintendo 64 to play it. So like, I borrowed it from a friend, put it on, didn't work. And I'm like, well, f. Um, Let me be honest with the nostalgia right here, real quick, guys. The original Zelda Zelda games. You guys are gonna kill me for this. They suck. <laughs> oh god, you're going after Legend of Zelda people. <laughs> yeah, there's a Legend They're of Zelda. Absolutely trash. All right, <laughs> let's just throw that out there. There's a Legend of Zelda fan right below us, and I think she might murder you if she hears that. Legend of Zelda sucks. <laughs> I, don't worry. I know you guys will hate me for it. It's, it's what it is. But like... have you played? Wait, you played Breath of the Wild, haven't you? Oh no, yeah, I, I love I love like the newer games. I think like the original original Zelda games, like back in that. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, and I mean they definitely ten entertainment system. The they definitely have like dated. I have a hard time going back. Ocarina of Time, I, I did go back to play for a little bit. I messed around on it. It's fun. It's fun for a Nintendo sixty four game. It's hard to play though. I have to play in, like Breath of the Wild, and that game is a oh, masterpiece. Yeah, you play like yeah, Breath of the Wild, like beat. I I love Zelda actually overall, like at the total scope of stuff. And, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't have a nostalgia kick towards these games. I just enjoy where the story progresses yep. in the newer games and the newer models. Because, I, like I said, I'm a story person. I like to see that world reality build. Mm-hmm. I just like the aspect that you can go anywhere. You can yeah, do any it, mission at the time. And it just, the world kind of caters around your growth. And it you can either do it really, really fast or you can be really, really slow. It's And me, I take these games and I do the, you know, I'm a completionist. I need everything. <laughs> so it takes me forever. Oh, yeah. But I, I love like, it. Beat the story? All right, I'm good. Yeah, I don't right. I, I see everything. Last little bit. This one uh, hits on very, very dearly. 
Tom Brady is retired. Officially, oh, he put the papers Officially. in. Yeah, he put the papers in. I, I kind of fear, well, last year when he retired, I was like, well, that's weird. I don't know if you, anybody knows this, but a long time ago, he said he played till he's 45. Yeah. And Tom Brady's kind of like my hero aspect, and a lot of people have heroes different say. Tom Brady, I'm a huge football fan. Love playing quarterback. Love throwing the football. So mm-hmm. he was huge to me. Oh. You, you could play uh, quarterback pretty well. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, you have like a smaller frame. You don't like. I don't think you have a. Like, I wouldn't have thought you had a cannon, but yeah, he has a yeah, cannon. It's pretty good. I just threw. Uh, it was on practice Wednesday. I threw seventy three yards. No one's gonna believe me. Football? Yeah, it's deflate football. Yeah, dude, you gotta. You I, I still practice all the time. Like, all me, the time. You gotta get me recruited. I, I get in shape. I'm still. I feel like I can still be a pretty good, decent receiver. Yeah, it's funny when you tell people like, "Hey, you're you're five seven. There's no way you can throw it that far." And then you see, oh, he has what a cannon. The? He's pretty accurate too. <laughs> Yeah, so Tom Brady retiring to me is kind of a big deal. Well, the first time I have, I was hurt last year, kind of like, so it hurts not as much this year, you know? It's not it, really hurt, it's more like, oh, it was, man, that's my it hero. Was, it was time. Yeah, that's like, my he's, hero, He man. still was playing pretty he well. He was 45. But, yeah, it is time. I don't think if he, he would have played. He was falling off. Dude was 45. <laughs> I think, yeah, there was like rumors that like the Raiders or the Dolphins oh, were trying man. to get him, and I'm like, I don't know why you're trying to get him. I'm pretty sure he's falling off the cliff next year. Dude, yeah, he's 45. I, I mean, mean, we... He played till he's forty five. Yeah, he I mean, he's he was, that's be, huge. To me. He's supposed to be falling off the cliff the last five years. He's been proving us wrong, but I'm like, yeah, it's coming. The cliff is coming very yeah. soon. I respect Brady so well, so much, just because what he. I learned doesn't to, make sense. To I say used, it. I used to be a Haiti, uh, Brady respect. hater uh, growing up. Yeah, a lot of people are. <laughs> I mean, huge Peyton Manning fan. Um, so you have that right. That explains his Brady hate. But I've grown Peyton to Manning. He's so good. I have grown to respect. I can see all of his Tom forehead Brady. when he says a play. It reflects. I can see my own reflection. <laughs> Peyton Manning is great, you know. Yeah, Peyton Manning is great. I'm a football fan, and you know, I'll be right. But yeah, Tom Brady was kind of like my hero growing up. So having yeah. retired, it's like it's an end of an era for me. He's very um, inspirational too. Just Man, the fact I, that like he's yeah. not the he's not like the most talented quarterback. He just was able to put it all together. Yeah, I mean, he, he put himself on the line to play the sport, and I try to put myself on the line to play my life. You know, so yeah, it's good. Respected it. All right. Well, that was quickie news or a news quickie. No. News to me. Or news to me. I mean, that works for the guests. All right. Moving on to uh, another segment I need a working – it's a working title. What are you nerding out on now? What am I nerding out on now? Yeah. What are you nerding out to? Oh, do I nerd out to something? Well, like I said, Tom Brady is kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for me, for heroes perspective wise, so I, I I've been focusing honestly a lot on football. Not really nerding out on it, but I don't know. I practice by myself, probably an hour a day. I don't have to okay. do kind of that stuff because it, it's still a, a big deal for something like that. Who I looked up to as a kid and mm-hmm. even my adult life for a little bit. So that's probably my biggest nerd out. Uh, other than that, I will tell you my biggest nerdship is uh, still Yu Gi Oh at the heart. Nice. <laughs> Are you still yeah. watching Yu Gi Oh too? Dude, I don't watch the new stuff. The new stuff got a little. Yeah, too, but are you still like rewatching the old shows? And oh, stuff? I still rewatch the old shows all the time. Oh, we can talk about shows I'm nerding out about. Yeah, so I do have quite a few. Of those, yeah, that's that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was I'll say Yu Gi Oh is huge to me. I love Yu Gi Oh. I got a huge collection. But if we're talking about shows and stuff, what I've been recently nerding out to is uh, uh, I'm always nerding out to How I Met Your Mother. Show is banger <laughs> still watching i can even. rewatch that all the time yeah you always had it on it's when, like, uh, we ah, so together. good uh, a lot of people compare me to barney <laughs> i don't know why but it's like yeah you have the magic personality not so much the like lady killer stuff oh gosh no i don't got that oh yeah you're not 
Not a ladies' man. Uh, I wouldn't say you're not a ladies' man. I would just say you're not uh, like misogynistic. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't have that part. You're uh, very respectable. You're not trying to like coerce women to having sex with you. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of people compare me like the other ways of Barney and the way he does yeah. and interacts with his friends. Yeah, that's pretty close representation. You fit that. Yeah, you fit that role. I fit the bill pretty good. I will imagine. So I love I love watching that show. Um, as far as nerding nice. out to other shows, I mean, I watched uh, the Game of Thrones. Uh, House, of, House Dragons? of Dragon. Yep. What's your thoughts on that? I actually thought it was pretty good. I mean, I didn't, for what it was, I, I feel, I don't know, it's interesting because the book's already written, which is tough. Yep. And this is kind of where I, I defer from some artists to follow the book exactly, too. Like, I think you can kind of make your own story in this one. Yeah, yeah. And, and they probably should have. Because you're moving they, almost they the timeline. They have, they have. They have a little bit in a way, yeah. Right, like, overall they have. This but. story, the story, the book itself was like, it took place over like a whole generation. Yeah. So there's a lot of time skip in the show, but there's so much like. Dude, they're slowing it down, I think, decent. That's why I think it's actually a pretty good show. I mean, overall, yeah. if I take them critically, they have enough of the drama. They have the original Game of Thrones build into it. You know, we all po- wish for a different politics. season eight. It still uh, hurts me to my core. Can't get over it. Uh, me and Sapphire are, are, are watching it now again. She has she hasn't watched. Uh, you get think, to season seven, you turn that thing off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's we're how this works. we're on. We just finished the uh, Battle of the Bastards. Oh, so good. It is so good. Uh, Game of Thrones was yeah. That's another one. I was like so I got so into. We're it. watching season six, and then we're gonna take a break before we get into season seven, season eight. She hasn't watched season seven or season eight. Good, good for her. <laughs> yeah, I like. You might want to stop, but just letting you know, it's it's the production's amazing. Yeah, we actually watched that together. Me and you. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how much I want to talk about season eight. It's one of those. Um, it should have been a lot better than it was. The production was great. It was just the writing was too. It was kind of those things where the guys got another job and they're like, "Didn't this is where I go back to my beginning when we're talking about my career? Leave yeah. all your bridges intact." <laughs> Please. Yeah, they kind of and, and it. everything right, and, they, and because they didn't, they burned everything they started to afterwards. So, yeah, it, right. don't want to talk about it. It's good. I, I, that's the show I got into. I'm working on the Amazon shows. Oh, the boys, oh, the, the boys. boys, the boys is oh. good. Oh my gosh, that's like I am Game a, of Thrones. I am so excited for the season four to come out. Season three, what was your thoughts? Jensen Ackles. Oh gosh, dang, we get so along good. very well too. If you see his personality and supernatural. Homelander is My now homie. the boss of Vaughn. <laughs> Everything but the, the, the womanizer of G- Jensen Ackles and Supernatural and, and Dean. Like, oh, that's me. <laughs> At heart. You're a Jensen Ackles fans. He was yeah. great in that, uh, that season. Oh, so good. It was... Uh, the boys. I just like how like, season one was amazing. Season two was still up there. A little bit less than season one. But season three... They just took it up to the next level, and it was still just like intense all the way through. Uh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that aspect of season three. I'm like, this show gets it. This show is exactly what we need right now. Yeah, it, it exactly is. It, and it's like the anti-hero movie, yeah. and it's it, it's so perfect and to fit along with everything. Don't it's, Evolve Me will be following the boys. We cannot not follow the boys. Oh it's too good. It's, it's so too good, good not to. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Ugh. We are actually... Doing really good on time, so let's uh, let's get into this new segment called "Jake Sucks at Rating Things." It's yes, working titles. <laughs> so Donald give me. So we just did state of review for MCU and DCEU, and we did all these ratings. So the way the rating systems work: um, one is trash, two is meh, three is good, four is great, and five is elite. It's the best of the best. Donald gave me four of them that he disagrees with, and he's going to argue with me on. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not going to be an argument, but you know, because <laughs> 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 ah, I heard all the rating and stuff. I mean, I mean, they do. I, I can see why people rate things and why people. I mean, everyone's their own personality, so yeah. Criticals are critically acclaimed. Everything's always subjective to the person. So, like anything we say here is kind of just just in good fun and just to talk about the movie. And oh, for sure, because we're so nerdy, we just like talking about it, right? That's what oh, we're yeah. doing here. I just like the title. I like making fun of myself. Yeah. So, what are we starting off with? Uh, you tell me. You gave me four. I actually I like the order. The first one was Avengers. You fucker! Just kidding. <laughs> Did you want to end with Avengers? <laughs> yeah, we got to end with that one. Okay. Uh, Joker. Then let's start with Joker. Oh, Joker. Oh man, this is probably the one we should. Yeah, good good one to start with. Good one to start with. Okay. So what you guys rated what a four? I rated a four. Yeah, nah, the movie is you know, I can see why it gets entertained. A lot of people rated this one really well, even critically. Yep. But the movie this is where it goes in difference towards a lot of different things and people think about so many different I give it a two. <laughs> Which people are like, Whoa, yeah, two. Low. two. Hold low. back, son. Like, what do you mean a two? Um, just for me it is the character of the Joker. Like this is a kind of an origin story of a Joker. Yep. And just the, the believability of a Joker, of a Joker, right? And there's multiple different variations of Jokers in the comics. Like there's multiple different variations of people, but there is. But each Joker in the comics uh, have a certain level of intelligence. Not to say the person that this is a terrible word to say in this way, but have a certain thought process that they can go through, and, and they're so chaotic, it's almost ingenious. And I think my best comparison I could say towards kind of these people that are intelligent that people don't like in a real life example would be like a Hitler so you are you can hate Hitler. you should hate Hitler like what he did was insane to its core yep but at the same time you know you respect intelligence when it's there and how you can become that delusional crazy yeah so me when I was watching the Joker film in the, in the way they portrayed Joker and, and his mental capacity mm-hmm. you know it just wasn't enough to make me feel real that oh. they can be as enough as intelligent to be as so chaotic as the jokers you read in the comics and know about. Gotcha. It's missing that intelligence factor where I can see that person become so diabolical. And I can kind of see that in myself because I'm yeah. a pretty smart person. How, you know, pain and trauma can cause someone to be so internally diabolical yeah. and they're smart enough to pull these ridiculous things that they do off. They can be insane and crazy. Mm. But there's that level of intelligence that I think I feel is missing that I don't feel that connection yeah, I've seen that connect with that ability that a Joker can do. I see. What Does you're that saying. make sense? Yeah, no. Because uh, when you compare like the Joker in the comics to this Joker, he is missing that level of intelligence. Yeah. Where it's like I don't see this version of the Joker becoming the comic book Joker that we know. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I, I see him I, as another person. I don't see him as Joker. I see him. I, I get. I don't. That's why I don't agree that they called the film Joker. I mean, they could have called it something else. And maybe, this film really wasn't a Joker film. Yeah, that's why I didn't like that the college, and that's what really drives it down for me. Like, if mm-hmm. this was supposed to be, and they tried to play it off like the origin of the Joker. Yeah, and and everybody knew, maybe even called the Joker, right? Yeah. But to me, as far as the character build you're going for, you just you didn't it didn't, didn't mean, hit enough intelligence to make me feel like, oh, that is, yep, that's the crazy diabolical yeah. villain I can see. See, so, yeah. I rated this movie as a four just based off the movie itself, yeah. uh, because like I enjoyed the film this the descent into madness. I didn't really feel like this was the Joker, and I I don't know if I I don't remember if I stated this in the standard review for DCEU, but this movie didn't need to be a Joker film, and I would have enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, exactly. I would have gave it a four if it wasn't a Joker film. If this wasn't a Joker film, and this was the problem was it was a Joker film. Let's yeah. put that out. It was a Joker film. With that Bruce was the Wayne intent. I mean, you have intent when you go and make these art things, and mm. you have Bruce Wayne. So you played out that this was Joker. 
So if it was just a standard film about someone going diabolically crazy and just had us like a thriller film or whatever you want to call yep. it, whatever they call that genre, this that's film would easily easily would hit the four category for yeah, me. Easily four plus even. It was so good in that right because it's so true that happens to a lot of people in, yep. in the world that, that trauma affects these people that they can do crazy things. I really, really but like, you put it on the Joker and I'm like, you son of a bitch. I just <laughs> that's re- not Joker. I do really really like that. Um, yeah. So I get your point. I do really yeah. like. How they took the environment and how the yeah. basically the environment failed Joker. Yeah, exactly. And it essentially failed him, and that's why he slowly got into this like grandeur. He uh, yeah. killed the. That's um, the all. Oh, that's what I love about the movie that did I, that. The, I do wish they would have put more like Joker ties into it if they were going to call it the Joker and kind of like show that transition to him being that like maniacal genius that he is. Yep. Because I have questions like, is this a Joker? What happened at the end? Does he become this villain? He just seems like a man who went crazy. Yeah. He doesn't really seem like the, the Joker. Joker-esque of intelligent. Yeah. And you can't say, well, the Joker's not really that intelligent in the comics. Like, oh, there's an intelligence to the Joker, and it's so, how so do, chaotically wild. How do, how do you like, feel about the sequel, then, that they're coming out with? You know, I'm hoping they... It's supposed to be a Harley Quinn, Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn, and it's supposed to be a musical. Yeah, that's another one. I was like, uh, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued. But You're telling me Joker. Harley Joker. Quinn's also a very interesting character. I Joker, guess. A Joker Harley. I also Quinn didn't like Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn. Really? I mean, yeah, I, I, she didn't. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it when she when she has when so, she has the right direction. I think she's pretty good. Yeah, when she has the right direction, I think she, I think she did better in Suicide Two with James Gunn on direction. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I actually really I liked the, her in Birds of Prey. The problem was the earlier versions when you got the original Suicide Squad. I was like that yeah. was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's you, not what, on our list, I don't think so. But what rating did you give it? Uh, the original Suicide Squad, a one plus, a one plus. I gave it a two minus. Uh, my buddy Moser, he gave it a four. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to make fun of him too much. <laughs> yeah. for it. Of course, Moser did. Of course, he did. <laughs> damn it, Moser! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> So, <laughs> that's we, hilarious. We don't dis- on Moser too much. Love you, Moser. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Moser. But that... All right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the next one. Oh, man. I This is an interesting one because I think it all becomes perspective down to uh, the, the total overall fandom, too, and how, how involved you are with characters and stuff. I've been a huge fan of the comics and all that for a long time. So when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy, when they did the movie, like there's, oh, again, comics are multiple variations, but how they put that team together... And this is a big team. You mean we're not talking like an origin story of one person here. It's an ensemble we're, film. We're talking the origin story of an origin of everybody's origin, how yep. everybody became their own origin to become their own people in one film. And you're like, if you think about it, that's a lot to put in one film, right? It is. There's so many different avenues. So, I mean, you could have put in multiple films to make a full story build, but I like the idea they kind of took a, a fan, a true fan's perspective and, mm-hmm. and kind of threw it in the movie and kind of put it all together in their own way. And I think the casting they chose for it was... Excellent, yeah. You you nailed it again. Like, one, one thing Marvel does really well, mm-hmm. sometimes, not recently, I will say, uh, but at the early stages when they're building this, they nailed that casting so well. They did. And, and they, they, didn't the, even, they didn't even want to give uh, Chris Pratt the role. Yeah. James Gunn didn't because he's just like, who, who do you want me to put in there? Oh, you want me to put in Andy from Perks and Rent? Fan Andy? That's like how he's like... Described yeah, that's, him. That, that's how it came. Yeah, and then yeah, he got fit and nailed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think about, there's so many things going on in that movie, and there's so many subtleties in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you had some of your podcast talked about subtleties in movies, and like, you like the story to be 
put out. I love this. Like, I die for the subtlety in movies. Yeah. And those other things, those little one-off things. that Not everybody's going to see that little teeny yep. thing in the corner. And I watch movies several times to try to catch all these subtleties all the time. And that's what I love about them. So, uh, so you have this movie as a five then, right? Yeah, I got, I got this one as five. I have the Guardians as the best trilogy in, well, maybe. Depends on the last one goes, I guess. <laughs> this is the whole new movie that's come out. The whole one we haven't seen yet, but... Yeah, uh, maybe because this, this is my love for the Guardians and stuff too. And I had this at a four plus. Yeah. So we're not too far not off. Not too far off. My biggest thing is um, exposition is really, really heavy in this film. It has to be really, really heavy in this film. Yeah. It's an origin. And that's the only reason why I didn't give it a five is because like I watched it once and then like a week or two later I watched it again. And I'm like, oh, this movie isn't as good the second time just because uh, the characters speak in exposition. Had to speak in exposition. But like Rocket's like, oh, it's explain this plan of Xandar to Groot, and it's like, wait, what? Why is he having that conversation with yeah. Groot? It doesn't quite make sense. But as somebody who's new to that information, it's perfectly necessary. Well, let's think. I mean, you're building movies to be be for everyone, and you still put subtleties inside those movies and those little key character things with Groot and stuff, and you can kind of already know what's going to happen at the end of the first movie, and they put subtleties in there, and you, with Rocket too and stuff. I mean, you're building so much little small things that because it. There's a whole comic book chain on just Rocket and Groot yeah. by themselves. <laughs> so, have you? Did you watch the holiday special? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You rate that too low too. But let's not get into that. Three plus. I give that a four. It's four. Yeah. I th- three plus because it's just a small story. One thing I think a lot of people complain about the second one too is the way they treated ego compared to the comic. I mean, a lot of people like if you're if you're a huge fan mm-hmm. of how the comics grew, like this is where everyone's on a so dejected platform of how they view these movies, and I try to view them as individuals. Uh, so, yeah, there's so much they're putting in like this first movie. There's so much, so you kind of have to lead that right around. If you don't, you lose all those people that don't know who these people are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Would you give that one? I give that one a four plus. Four plus as well. Damn. Just because I, I didn't. I, I still, like I said, you, you're talking. We're talking about characters that are. There's so I, much. Into I think these they, characters. the writing in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Two is better, in my opinion. Because Whereas every, I'm, I'm a little bit more like I think they could have. Play the the ego relationship a little bit different. From, from yeah, I believe. Christmas. Yeah, I mean they they put ego to be bigger. Uh, Star Lord's dad isn't that that big ever in the comics or anything, and that's where the real comic book fan comes to me. Is like, a, yeah, yeah, they they put, they put ego to be a little too much, right? Like you'd be a world destroyer. He'd be he'd been, a little all bit. Right, all right, come and, I, and his dad was never, but whatever. Let's not get it. But that's kind of why I put it a little lower. Mm-hmm. It's still a very exciting film and how they build in that relationship and they finally get the a better, stronger Gamora. Uh, Gamora and Star-Lord connection. I'm a little bit feared about the third one, actually, how they did the connection with the reset of Gamora. Maybe they're going to go yeah. towards the Nebula arc or not. I don't know if they're going to go What's your expectation for Guardians of the Galaxy 3? I don't have any major no? expectation for what? the movie. For Yeah, what, like uh, rating. What rating are you expecting for this movie? If I were to come out, I'm, I'm probably say I'm going to say everything's going down by half, so probably a four. Four? Hopefully. I, I, am, I hope it's good. I hope this movie's good. I have faith in James Gunn. I mentioned it in my demo. Oh, I love James Gunn. Uh, for DC, don't like, we start James Gunn? I'm like I. Trust, you put Peacemaker on there? I trust. Oh, I trust. So James, good. <laughs> I trust games. James Gunn. Yeah, Peacemaker is great. John Cena, Peacemaker. Oh my I, gosh, that's a four plus. I think I gave uh, that show a four at least. Did that well. Did that well. James Gunn, I believe in. I mean, as a, you know, I just like James Gunn. I think. Yeah. A lot of people give him crap because he's letting people go from DC, but if, if I look at the perspective how DC was doing. And somebody can probably kill me for this too because there's diehard fans always mm-hmm. everywhere. DC was not going the right direction, and they needed a total. They needed a total reset. It was awful. It what they yeah, were creating. They, did. they didn't. They didn't. They tried. 
problem with DC is they tried to catch up to Marvel without having that base built. Yeah, that foundation. They built it without a foundation. Yeah, you you tried to be Marvel. That's people like, well, they're not Marvel. Marvel tries to be them. Not the Marvel DC, but what? Break? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, continue on. Uh, Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. Um, We're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we'll get into Avengers as well as uh, No Way Home, apparently. Oh, yeah, then we're going for it. All right, we're back. And this time it didn't take five days. It only took five minutes. Did it quick. In and out. In and out. You know what I mean? In and out. (laughs) All right, so let's get right back into it. Um, We're still on the segment, Jake Sucks at Rating Things. Yep. Working segment title. Uh, Next one up, No Way Home. Well, I'm first curious. We should hear your five rating because I don't. My five rating. I literally just went into this uh, five and a half rating um, yesterday when we recorded the state of review for Phase Four, and I wish you could have heard it because I feel like I delivered really, really good um, recap of why I gave it a five. So this movie, I'll be really, really quick about it. Just brought everything together. It brought Tobey Maguire, brought Andrew Garfield, it brought Tom Holland, and it also wrapped up Tom Holland's story arc really, really well. It, the first two movies in the Homecoming trilogy were kind of not that serious. It was just him being a kid, him uh, being himself. And in this movie, it went into seriousness right away. And it brought in so many cool aspects of like comic book characters. It brought so many characters together. It brought Doctor Strange, Daredevil. Um, it brought in two other Spider-Mans on top of five villains as well as Aunt May, um, MJ, and Ned. And I felt like it balanced all of that very, very well while telling a really cool story. And the story itself, like, there was, you know, the antagonist was Green Goblin. He's, like, the main antagonist. But, really, the antagonist of the whole story was Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter Parker yeah. kept getting in the, the way of himself. He tried to fix the problem. And then, you know, he ends up ruining... There was a spell. He ruins the spell. He fights Doctor Strange. He uh, doesn't want to kill the villains, so he tries to help the villains. And it just... To me, it's like, this is classic Peter Parker to a T. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of agree with you get that. I, I, I don't give it a five, because I have a neat... Well, not that I have a neat, but I have a different look outlook in the film. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still a person that still enjoys the shell and all that stuff going to the film yeah. and all the pieces they did. I can 100% agree with that. Uh, the problem what do you, yeah, what do you get that I have when the story build is I can't get past the story arc. You know, you brought these villains back, and then Peter yeah. Parker's, well, I'm going to save them and send them back to their own time. Yep. And considering that's such a big thing to do, I mean, it's like when you go back in time and try to save baby Hitler, right? I mean, these other Spider-Man they brought in the film had to kill these villains to do what's right. Yeah, and they kill, which not kind of ki- dejects, not kill, but not really, not. Well, they, but they ended up did, they did die. So yeah, so again, they didn't mean to kill them, and they were trying to do the right thing, right? And you bring this other Peter Parker's like, oh, I'm just gonna save them and come back. You know? Yeah, but those Spider Man did the right thing in their own timeline. So now you're just gonna say, what's that? My problem is and then you have such a, another weird spinoff. Like what what happens in their own timeline? Right. Like how does how does that affect that? 
and how everything goes, that, that changes the game for those other movies. It literally it makes, doesn't really explain very well. Of it makes a whole new storyline. I mean, it does it make, make a new storyline. Story not a storyline. It makes a whole new timeline for them. It, it kind of, to me, as a character of those other Spider-Man characters, you, you're. It's cool because I think people just think it's cool to have them in there and the nostalgia kick of it. But to think of what those other Spider-Man and those stories went through and have it kick back in like that, there's something about it that just you know it just doesn't sit and feel like. I think they could have did the villain play of maybe just brought Green, Green Ground. I mean, uh, I love Doc Ock and that's fantastic. But I think yeah. you could have brought the arc at a different round circle than mm-hmm. setting the back alive and doing it this way and setting the back and, and, and the creation like, oh, I can save them in this universe and just kick them back. And I think I think it's an interestingly different take. It's not a take I agree with. It's not a take that, you know, thinking about it logically and logistically, how that would impact everything else in these other timelines because I'm thinking of a whole story structure when I look at these yeah. films still too the story structure on the outside of that doesn't make enough sense for me to feel like oh that was great that was a really heroesque type get, style it's I more like it's, you kind of cheated out the other heroes in the film in a way not that it's bad for them because I don't think many people think the, the way that I think on it so mm. but that's why I can't get a five it's missing that that arc point of like what the Wait, what, heck what, what, what are you getting at then just uh, uh, the the villains and saving them and sending them back to their time. What's your what's your rating? The, the impacts. I'm, I'm an, I give it a four. Four? Okay. Yeah. So Still it's not great. Like too far off again, but you don't have it in that lead category. That's what uh, Ernie yeah. uh, guessed last night. We he gave it a four too. His reasoning was he's just sick of Spider Man at this point. No, my, no, I don't think I don't think that's a bad reasoning because Spider Man is like the <laughs> Marvel character. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> like, the yeah. Sony character. He, he is he is the one. And yeah, it was just because the, the timeline effect and, and the story, I think, was lacking a little bit in that. And I think it dejected um, the other stories of Spider-Man a little bit. Yep. It, it definitely did. I mean, you, you can't go back now and watch Spider-Man 2 and tell me, oh, well, that kind of doesn't happen now. Uh, now Doc Ock's alive, and he's, was a, he's well, yeah, a good person. Does he, does he come and back? Like, but if he comes... Minute, you just... But then... If he comes back though, and he's a good person, he still has to sacrifice himself to kill the son. The story yeah, arc the, literally but, doesn't change. Yeah, but but in a way, then you're like, oh, then you gotta gotta sacrifice. You, you can think about that way too. But it's like for that Spider-Man in that time frame of the yeah. whole build up to that Spider-Man, where he's going through that big his mm-hmm. own arc in that right. It's weird. Which granted, they did pull that Spider-Man in. You can think about that. There's if he so goes, many if he goes, if like, he goes back, because the way Endgame makes the. How they uh, established the time rules. Yeah. He goes back. He goes into a completely new universe. Exactly. And it's 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 neat. It's neat. It does like break out the multiverse form in a way. And then they didn't do the best job. And that's my other counterpoint is they didn't do the best job of like this. Okay, you did do that. This is the time where you have the opportunity to show a little bit of multi. Instead, they kind of like synced everything back. Yeah. To the back I of the agree. basic episode, and they could have took that. This was the movie. To take that opportunity. Well, I, was, I think Doctor Strange is the the movie, that, and they did yep. in that movie as well. Yeah, I mean they 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 have they're teasing it and they're playing with fans, which I don't I don't necessarily agree with because I think they did such a good job building it. Yeah, and they could have actually if they actually went forward with it, mm-hmm. they could have kept on even building more. And was like, oh my gosh, we're coming up. Instead, this time it depends how they take it and how they're going. You know, I, I trust that Disney will do the right thing, but yeah, that's kind of my downplay on. Yeah, that's but why it's four. It it is a great movie. But you just missed 
Okay. That. <laughs> that's that's why I gave it a five minus instead of a five. Yep. Um, I think it's up there. Really. I think it caps all the Spider-Man films. But I'm like, mm, I I don't know why. I have to rewatch it again. But I'm like, I feel like something's missing to make it a five. It's not like yeah. Civil War. It's not Infinity War Endgame quite yet. It's not there. But it, like, it's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Avengers. <laughs> all right, Avengers. That's the next five. One. Plus plus five plus plus for Avengers. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things I heard you guys talking about your Avengers things and how Loki and the villain that doesn't make sense. But again, when you're coming, this is not a true fan. I get that. Like, uh, but wow, that was perfect. So perfect. I couldn't even write a better thing myself because uh, Loki as a villain actually quite does make sense that he'd go after Earth. I mean, he was hit and shocked into another. Uh, by the, you know, mm. dead, right? Uh, but Loki, if you ever know, Loki never dies. Well, him attacking, <laughs> him attacking Earth makes sense. I think it's just yep. the way he attacked Earth. Like, it came off as he had this huge grand plan, but his grand plan doesn't make sense. And I'm like, what? To I me, mean, my biggest thing is, like, Loki is more of mischief. He doesn't, he doesn't always have, like, a master plan. He has, like, an outline. And yeah. He, like, he, he has yeah, an yeah. outline of a plan, and then he kind of just... Fucks around in between. It does a lot like this show, by the way. But also, I'm 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 a huge, huge Loki fan, and, and I'm okay, kind of how he's portrayed in, in, yeah. in the in the character way. Because uh, again, for they're still making this thing because they had this big plan to be even bigger, and they show that really at the end with Thanos. So yep. they put Loki in there to be like that villain character, and you kind of have to do that for the casual fanscape. But they put subtleties of Loki being that kind of chaotic mischief person because Loki does have a deeper personality yep. inside himself. He wants to be a ruler of something because he feels like yeah. he lost it. And That's Earth, right. at the time when he went there... That the, was uh, Thor's... Like, Earth was that place where he could be the true ruler because he thought the people were weak. Yeah. And that, that's and Loki it's, wants uh, to rule And Thor and Odin love Midgard. Yeah, right. And he I wanted mean, to take that from him. So like when he, when he got to Earth and he, you see like... You're expecting, especially when you're like on a big mission from somebody like Thanos, and Thanos is a huge character, which they don't kind of show that arc, which is a good thing because they leave till the end, yep. right? He sends you to this world, and you get there, and these people are, you know, <laughs> it's like a god of all sorts on the ground running to you and me, and you're like, this is the world? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of, and Loki has that attitude in the comics, too. If you, yeah. Like, he's kind of like, oh, pew. that's why, that, this is subtleties of things. <laughs> There's, and a, there's a lot of subtleties. At the end, he says puny god. It's uh, kind of like Loki's thought process of when he got to Earth and saw the people. Like yeah. these people are, like, oh, I can rule this. This is He's perfect. Puny. This yep. is the fit. So this is what I'm going to do. Like this is the place. And then you come to find out, like, oh, I'm running into these bigger villains and stuff. And and it actually goes to show that Loki really didn't have a plan. In my perspective of things, yeah. Of the and I came in as a true fan of these comics, so this was exciting mm-hmm. for me to see. And I'm like, yeah. I just feel like the fir- the first movie itself and alone yeah. played it off as Loki had this big plan. He mastermind uh, getting into the Avengers uh, Hell Carrier and then disrupting him from the inside. That was kind of like what was uh, led to be the plan, and that plan never really made sense. Uh, which which I think is also weird because no, the Tesseract, which does a really good job, and this is where other movies come and connect in. In Captain yeah. America, if you actually watch that movie, you see the Tesseract creating these portals. Even yep. the first time that guy touches the Tesseract. Yeah. And the- and they're building it with their machine. Yep. That portal kicks out, and it's very subtle and marvelous. And this is what I love. It's so subtle. You see the portal in this little teeny bit. Of, you see at the end when Red Skull gets blipped out. Mm-hmm. So how do you? How does Loki and they get to Earth? 
they, they use the other stone to tap that power, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they get ejected into where they're jet. And, and, and S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time is using that Tesseract. Yeah. And a lot of, like, like the, the non-casual fan knows this, and they're using, trying to figure out and understand its abilities. Yep. So since they have the Mind Stone in, I mean, these stones all have a, like their own personalities inside if you go deeper into the comics and stuff. Yeah. It has that connection. So it wasn't like Loki made a master plan too either if you think about it that way, that these stones are connected to each other. Mm-hmm. So when you see that as an on non-casual fan, I'm looking at that like Loki's coming and he's going through that huge space with these people. And it's not like he made a plan when he ran into, if you really think about some of the subtleties too. You know, when he takes control of Hawkeye and he takes control of, of the doctor. Yeah. Just, it's whoever he touched. Yep. He happened to get these two big people and it wasn't like and it, it, good, it comes off as a, as a good master plan thing, but it wasn't like Loki was like perfect. He got these, he was just going in there, doing it like a Loki thing would do. And then he finds out when he sees the people, like, oh, these people are yeah. weak. This is perfect. This is the perfect Loki thing because he always felt dejected <clears throat> that he can rule. So here's, here's my question for you then. And then, and then we but anyway, if we go to, yeah, if we go, if we go to the Soul Subtle things, and it's such a great movie for Subtle. I have one question characters. for you. So he's in Germany. He tells everyone the bow. Captain America shows up with Iron Man, and they easily capture him. What's your thoughts on that? I think. Why does Loki do that? Because that's that's the part where it's like, oh, he's not fighting here. He he volunteer essentially voluntarily get captured as a like it's a plan. So I see. I will say that that is somewhat of a subtle uh, a weak point in the writing. Like yeah. But you have to build these people. I think this is more of a not master Loki because at this point Loki's the villain, right? Yep. So you, so if I'm trying to write perspective, which is it would really tough. I mean, you probably could have wrote it better. There's so I, I still give it a five plus plus because I think it was okay. With, with the that's it. the that's the, I feel like so, that's the moment of the film where I gave it a four instead of a five. Yeah, well, what's tough? Well, how do you how do you do that moment to build the characters and break these characters? Then, like, how do you get that in there? Because Loki won't have a master plan to. Uh, do Loki well, he, all of a sudden figure his team was already doing that, it, so yeah. it would have been. I feel like having like a narration of Loki or having a good understanding of Loki and like. Yeah. His motivation and like why he made that move. So, I feel like if we had like a better insight of that, I feel like that would have helped out. Yeah, I, I think that's where they could have focused a little bit more on Loki before they made this movie and made. But made, this is an origin film of sorts too. Yeah, oh, it's such an origin film. So if you're thinking about that Loki's plan, he he knew these people existed because he went to you know the people when he saw how weak they were, making them kneel down to him in the original place, right? Yep. That's when he first ran into Iron Man and all that stuff, and he's like. Oh, there are some people that might, you know, throw a challenge in my my rule ship. So there's a little bit of a motivation inside of Loki now. Like, all right, I gotta make sure I do what I can to, do, you know, lead these people off my path. And that's where maybe getting caught maybe wasn't the right play for it. But leaving that scepter in there was, like I said, even that subtlety of the scepter. I mean, that yeah. was that was the goal is to get that other stone around them because that scepter is like a controller of that stone. Yeah, it made them all. Uh, yeah, and it made them all crazy. But. If, Again, if you're casual, very fan, subtle, like, very subtle. I don't, I don't understand what's going on here, and I kind of like that they have that subtlety for those people that are very deep diving into it, and that's why I loved it so much. I feel like they like, should have. Ooh, 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 I would have given this. <laughs> like, I mentioned it in the pod. I feel like they would. This film would have been better if they were a little bit more on the nose with the subtleties. Yeah, like I, that's where I, I defer from you. I think. Yeah, I, I love the subtleties because as a true Ernie real Rose, person with this character, I'm like Ernie and Rose did the same <laughs> thing, and I'm like, I, for, for me, I agree. I like the, the Last of Us has a lot of subtleties yeah. in it. Lots and lots of subtleties, lots of little details, and like they do it on purpose. I feel like that's masterclass. And a movie like this, I feel like since there's a lot of casual fans, and 
the scepter being like controlling them all yeah such a big plot point i'm like that's that's the one that's the one i'm like okay that one needs to be less subtle that one needs to be a little bit more obvious but but this is where i think they did such a good job right because as a casual fan you still loved it you like right now you're giving it a four but as someone that was so in love with the movie i almost gave it a four plus five minus and someone that was already in love with these characters before i even started and seeing this movie i was like "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) you know it was great you know you're sitting in that so it's hard for me to go back and be like as a casual fan looking at it because i never was a casual fan looking at the film so i think that's a big difference where people give it a four people get a five like i could have used that a little more now that i know i get it but like as the person because this was like kind of a kiss to those fans that were always there for a long time. No offense to the other fans. That weren't there. I think fans are great in all interviews, but yeah. it was like somewhat of a blowing kiss to those people that were like, like a thank you yep. for following us all. We, we were, um, weren't, it was like we weren't able to get here if you guys weren't really the, here at the beginning. It was kind of like a chef's kiss, I think, what I felt like towards us people that were like super that. into yeah. it. So it was, that's what I loved about it. And there was so much in it that was, you know, with that... Uh, it, there's so many things, and it, and it blew up to what, what it is that we all know of today. Yeah, and it's like, yeah it's this normal. movie didn't hit the way it did. And I, this movie yeah. definitely hit. We wouldn't be getting the MCU. And like they took a big else. risk. Yeah. Like, instead of having, you know, bringing in Thanos, and, and that's why I think when they chose Loki, it was like, okay, people know Loki. Yep. Do they know Loki to the depth that a real... They like Loki, they know Loki, and yeah. it's an origin film of sorts, so they don't have to do any work with Loki. They don't have to yeah. build them up. But they kind of put some subtlety work inside of Loki, yeah. too. Like, which... Again, if you're not a casual fan, I'm like if, if you ever want to talk about Loki, we can go super. I, I love Loki and the fact that I resonate a lot with Loki's kind of because he's not ever really a villain. But I, I like his arc because you know a lot of trauma in life, a lot of things. Where would he be in the grid? He's chaotic, not chaotic, good. Yeah, I'd put chaotic, him in chaotic, neutral, neutral. Yeah, I would say so. He's definitely a narcissist. Yeah, he's definitely like a chaotic neutral. I'm a narcissist myself, so so yeah. I mean, with Loki, I like if you're one. Yeah, Are you a narcissist? I know, like I know some people described you that way. And I don't know if I ever like would have described you that way. Don't I don't know if I ever would, but it's not up for me to describe. Other people do, so <laughs> I am what they say I am. Right? I feel like you're too, like you're too <laughs> self-reflective to be a narcissist. Yeah, I mean, but I so I like resonate a lot with Loki and, and the things that he does yeah. in, the, in the books and the comics, and even now with this, you know. TV show that has going on. So it's like, Loki was one of my favorite characters and when they brought him into Thor, I was like, oh, oh. so then you get him in to be the big villain and you're like, I know this guy's not, you know, yeah, so many other things. You're like, oh, mm. you're like, that's what, five, five. All right. <laughs> uh, quick thought and then we'll get into uh, a couple previews very briefly. Um, Loki, season one, what was your rating on that since you said you love Loki? Oh, uh, yeah. Again, it could be just biasness because Loki's a love it so much, but, uh, I gave it a four. Okay, I gave it a four minus. Because uh, I think it was really good, and it set up a lot that they could have set up and do with, and there's a lot of different characters yeah. and different things. Um, the thing, I mean, don't get me started about She-Hulk either, because I... I really want to know your thoughts, but if you want to get into Lord. Ant-Man or... Oh, man. I mean, get to both, I guess, really quick. It'll be fine, but... I gave it a four because, you know, it hit on those solid points and it kind of brought back to the end game. Like, he did get away with the... If anybody, Loki never dies, yo. <laughs> yeah. That's how this works. He is the god of mischief, right? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a real thing. And, he always and, comes back. Yeah, he, he's always there. Even, even in the comic book world, like, Loki... I mean, probably spoiler alert, sorry. Um, but, yeah. I mean, he's a character that's... 
a new character, and I love how mm. they started to portray the multiple different variations of Loki and how he escaped Alligator death. Loki is one of the How many ones. Loki? Like another key thing you might not catch up is like how many Lokis escaped death. Like we have a whole room. Oh yeah, just for Loki. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's yep, that's, that's what he's that, that character. So like they put they still put the subtleties in. They built the big arc. I think, like I said, I think there's like so many expectations coming up of Endgame because it was so big. Yeah. And Loki's like one of my favorite characters, so I might be ranking it too high too towards what other people. Think I gave about. it a four minus. My only uh, my big criticism is the six episode arc just didn't work. I think you needed, yeah, you needed some more time to explain a few more things. They tried making a mini movie or a may, like a bigger than a movie, but it still felt like a movie. And yeah, like it felt individual like episodes were kind of like. Eh. I think that. I mean, actually, kind of yeah. Some of the, and I just think they could have made it bigger. I love. I think that yeah, it should have been. They tried to make like a mini movie. Yeah. A longer played well, no, out movie. Well, not a mini movie. It was like a mini ep- a mini series, a little bit bigger than a movie, but not quite a movie. Yeah, a little bit bigger than a movie. Exactly. They didn't really do it to the full level. I think they they well, this was also the big I give them credit too cuz this is the beginning of the Disney Plus era. Yeah. And what it was going to be and how, how much people were going to watch it. So So yeah, I give it a 4 cuz I think like you said it was it felt like a build up of it was just a movie. All right. Moving on, since we don't have a whole lot more, let's get into Ant-Man real quick, and then we'll talk Mandalorian. Um, Ant-Man. So no this, She-Hulk? <laughs> oh, She-Hulk. Uh, Let me just say... Very briefly. Very briefly. Gosh, I can get into She-Hulk comics pretty well, and okay. the fourth wall breaks, and yep. I'm okay with that. The show? This this last... The show, I mean, I will give it a two, because there was some entertaining. It was fairly entertaining. Oh, you're with giving the a, oh you're, okay, low. I gave it a three. A two, I can even go a, a, a two minus because you can fourth wall break. You can be a Deadpool, yeah. and Deadpool's also, Jake knows, is one of my favorite people yep. for a lot of those reasons, too. Um, and some people made a fan cast of like Deadpool, how you fourth wall break. How She Hulk did it, that meta thing. A lot, some people could say they enjoyed it, but I think you're just doing a dejection or service of what you just built. You built something so incredibly amazing, mm-hmm. and you do that kind of fourth wall break. Uh, and I, I, I think they did Daredevil dirty. You think so? Yeah. Oh. Um, Daredevil in the way. Um, yeah, just you. Maybe I'm biased because I was just happy that Daredevil is in the MCU finally. I mean, I think I think what happened. Or like Daredevil, Daredevil, not just. I was uh, excited because they, they had like previews, right? And they showed Daredevil. And you're like, oh, fuck yep. yeah, you're gonna get Daredevil. And this is sweet. And then this is the way they played off Daredevil. I mean, the, the whole show of Daredevil, like he never, never took off his helmet, never got it. And she mm-hmm. got it so quickly, and you're like, and then they just screwed. And you're like, what? That's weird. Um, Daredevil think, and She-Hulk is a thing now. Yeah, I mean, it, a, they, they could have played a little better and not used Daredevil to build this fan base that they built up. And, yeah, um, that's fair too. And then, and then when she did the fourth wall break at the end, you, no matter if you like meta stuff, I can see why you like it, but that's a terrible injustice to these long-term fans that get so invested in this that, and into. Like, like I said, I'm in the story for getting breaking into its own reality. Yeah. And fourth wall breaks are cool with Deadpool because it's kind of like talking to you as the story still progresses. Yeah. Whereas She-Hulk kind of did a full fourth wall break and kind of destroyed of the reality of what the MCU was and was a movie universe, which is a very meta break, but yeah. it does very injustice the first to me. It was the first time the they did a meta building. break. Yeah. The, 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 it, you, yeah. You did a world destroy for me. You know, like you can't, you can't. It's fine to do a me- uh, yeah, just don't don't world destroy it that metally because you just built something so epic and yeah. you're like oh <laughs> it's all fake and you're like ah oh, I hate you I hate you for this 
Like I, I'm invested in your world. You, you, you did a slight injustice to me as a fan, and that's why I like when the the fans came up with like a Deadpool hot a fourth wall break. Yeah, you don't you don't do injustice to your long term fans. That's <laughs> kind of the thing. You I know? get that. I get that. I thought I, like, I gave it a three. I thought it was a fresh take on the MCU. I it liked, was fun. I like how they uh, were like, "Hey, we're just gonna joke about how everything's crazy now in the MCU," and it kind of gave us that like real world aspect of it. Yeah. And how the the the, the smaller uh, villains like the Frogman and the um, yeah. The Wrecking Crew too, and I'm like, I and then Titanium as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that was great. That's why I still give it a two because it was entertaining, okay. very much so, very much so entertaining of, of, of the different characters and they put in and stuff. I I think I want to do a demi talk more about She Hulk because I feel like She Hulk gets a lot of hate, and you're one of those who's giving me a two, but I feel like it gives a lot more hate than it deserves. But I do. I'm not going to give it any more than a three simply because it's not it's not a great TV show. It's I think it's simply at good. If you're calling it minute, I can see. I'll why. be honest. When I first watched the first couple of episodes of Shiro, I was like, "This is gonna be tight." Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, and then then they started yeah doing a little bit of the injustices to those things, and I'm like, "Oh man!" Like just almost making fun of it too much. A little yeah, bit. almost too much. Where you're like, I you know appreciate the world you built and yeah. still appreciate what you're trying to do. Don't. That's one of the things. Like they were like their own biggest worst critic when they built it. Yeah. And that to me was like. A, like it's okay to be that a little bit and joke about it, but you almost went too far, and I'm like, oh, you in a little? All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, you know. All right, continue right. on though, so because we don't have much time. Yeah, we don't. We were uh, way past our goal. Yep. We're at like one an hour and twenty minutes. Our goal is sixty minutes. Man, we always go over. Yeah, yeah, we're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ant Man preview. Let's be brief. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, Ant Man's are going to be already out. Uh, quick thoughts of like what you think it's going to be. <clears throat> uh. I love Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul <laughs> so, Rudd's great. I, I like him as a character. I like Scott Lang. It, it, it's good. It, it's a good fit. I'm excited for it. You think obviously. this movie is going to be a temple, or do you think it's going to be filler? You know, I think start of Phase Five, they, end they, of Ant Man trilogy. Did, I, I felt like Phase Four is really filler, and first Kang appearance. And we already had a Kang well, first pay, Kang appearance in a movie. First Kang appearance in the movie. First like, Kang Kang. Not the uh, He Remains Kang, but first Kang. Yeah, so the this is where Kang. I think it should do a little bit more because, again, you can't you can't toy with this in Loki about Kang yep. and do something with it now that we know Kang's in the film. Like, there has to be some sort of overall world, hopefully, is my, my hope, and that's what I'm hoping for, at least a little bit, and they continue yep. building this transition towards, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bigger villain in the, in the whole story. That's my that's my hope. You uh, You've seen it first weekend? Oh yeah, I'm seeing it the day it comes out for sure. The day it comes out, I'm gonna try to. It's so hard to watch movies with kids. I, I don't have kids. I live I know, by myself. I know. I, I know. live alone. I go to these movies alone by myself, and I love it. I used. Have you ever never been to the movie I mean, by me, yourself? Oh, so good, so clutch. You can really focus in. I, it's fantastic. I might have to at this point. Um, <laughs> Sapphire still wants to watch these movies with me. I'm like, oh, some of us to watch kids, but we do have a lot of volunteers for babysitting. Ant Man, ah, <laughs> he's so good, Paul Rudd. So yeah, I'm hoping this is a temple film. I'm. I did hear rumors that this movie has mixed uh, reviews and it's possibly filler. Hopefully not. Yeah, I'm hoping not. But <laughs> I really hope not. All right, let's, get, let's get quickly into it and then we'll wrap it up. I think I found my Mandalorian guy. Oh my gosh, yes. The Mandalorian. Woo-hoo! I'm excited for it. I'm starting, Here we go. Re, uh, starting the rewatch this weekend. Uh, we're recording this February 11th, so I have... The next. This episode. is a good one that I love too. Season like, three starts uh, March first, so I have three weeks. You know the best part of Mandalorian was that it's a true original story. And yeah, they still put like 
true like fandoms and theories that somebody can build out based off just what's happening around. And I love it. Yeah, it's original Star Wars story, but it also is a love letter to Star Wars. John Favreau, yeah, exactly. Dave Filoni, oh. yeah. who like, built the Clone Wars, built Rebels, and now like together those two are building this. Uh, they're essentially uh, lifting Star Wars up. Yeah, they're lifting Star Wars up from the ground up. Because the trilogies did not do... Yeah, the trilogies... Yeah, I don't want to talk about the new trilogies because I, I, man, I do have to do a state of review like, for Star Wars. Again, at some it, point. it was a, it was isn't that one of those things where they did the injustice towards Star Wars and what they were trying to do and say and yeah, there's too many, they had too many people, too many hands in the cookie jar trying to make this one story and they yeah. should just let one person run with it. It didn't matter which one they choose, they should have just let one. But anyway, when it comes to the Mandalorian, they're like saving Star Wars for they are. what it is. Dude, it's really the the film, the that's dream of it back. Ha- like seeing uh, a sequel, Luke. Yeah. Like a direct sequel, Luke. Like what every fan wanted to see. They wanted to see Luke being like his full Jedi Knight persona. Because he, during the original trilogy, they were just slowly building him up. And now we're getting to see it. Even though it's CGI Luke, it's still Luke. pretty good. Right. We want, to, we want to see that. I mean, you want to see, like, okay, Luke did all the things. And, you know, you had that whole story arc. And you're like, well, what... What happened after? I mean, we see yeah. him at the end in the new trilogy, but we don't get to see that. I don't piece. think we're. Gonna, I think we're done seeing him for now. But it's really cool, just the fact that, like, hey, he's in this world. He's interacting. Yeah, they're doing not. a really good job of world building. What it is, and they yeah, exactly. They also did a really good job with the world building. In like, they didn't choose like Boba Fett to be the man. They chose just they you chose, know the yeah. Mandalorian now, and he is literally becoming the Mandalorian. That he kind of took the Boba Fett persona. He kind of took that role from Boba Fett. He, yeah, Boba Fett. Boba Fett's great, and he wasn't actually a big part of the movie, so I don't know why he got such a huge following. Uh, he's kind of weird, but he looked cool and badass. He looked cool and badass, and yeah, and basically they said we're like, oh, we're, no, no, we're not doing, we're still, we're not going to do Boba Fett. We're going to mm. actually create like what to I feel like is like the the true hero arc of a Mandalorian, right? And yeah, what they should stand for, it. and rather than using Boba Fett, they they're using this. <laughs> new the, funny, the funny thing is, they have a Boba Fett show, and it's essentially just a Mandalorian show halfway through. Yeah, they essentially changes the Mandalorian at the end. Because I think, I think they knew, like, we got to give justice to Boba Fett to finish off kind of his story build. Yep. Because they showed him in there. And I think that was really cool to do. But It was. They also did a really cool thing there is bringing it back to the Mandalorian. Like, that was your old character. This is your new. Yep. And Pedro Pascal, man. And, mm, he, yeah, he kills I love it. Pedro Pascal in that. It's so good. Yeah. I was worried at the beginning, like, when you said you're on the podcast, like, he wasn't into it. And I was like, that's how I felt. But every time I watch it, I'm like, it's so good. It's so good. And, then- <laughs> and I think he does like it. Pedro Pascal, people, he, uh, between Game of Thrones, between uh, Last of Us, between Mandalorian, he's killing it. And yeah. I would love more for Pedro Pascal. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah, that was Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. looking forward. I was a little bit sad, that the, the, which is weird. They used Boba Fett to bring back Grogu, which is... It is weird. I think that I think that was actually really neat. Like It, it forces other people to go out and watch the other show to understand how everything comes back, which is a smart... I think cool story build to it and shows that the worlds are interconnected that much and like I said it's a tribute to Star Wars and they're doing a really good job with it and I'm excited to watch it as it goes forward same uh, yeah I plan on doing reviews uh, I don't know if I want to do a review for every episode but I definitely want to do at least like an episode here or there but if uh, you want to hop on and talk Mandalorian I would love for you to be that person Mandalorian Grogu another Yoda character because you got one and it's nice to have another, right? <laughs> Let's all be honest. We'll see. We'll if you see what happens. Of, if you weren't a fan of Yoda, and this green character doesn't make you feel like, yes, we get to learn more about the frog people or whatever people call them. But, I don't know. <laughs> um, people always if say you Yoda don't like frog. Baby Yoda, you just don't like life at this point. Yeah, how could you not? 
He's so cute. I don't think I've met anyone who's like, oh, yeah, I hate Baby Yoda. I don't, yeah. If, I feel if, like that person if, would be thrown out immediately. If you do, that, that person is definitely, definitely deserves to be in a prison somewhere. <laughs> so they can't harm anybody. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> ooh, going back to Ant-Man. My uh, buddy Ernie has a theory that he thinks stature Cassie Lang is going to die. It's actually stated several times. He hope he she dies. He I don't know. It was a weird. I, I, I think. <clears throat> do you think uh, who? I know we're going back to Ant Man. Who do you think? Do you think someone dies? Yeah, Hank Pym. It's anybody, right? Yeah, that was who I thought. That was that was my guess. You're gonna have Hank Pym. Uh, the thing I, I can see why he wants Cassie. I can see why people might might think Cassie in a lot of because Marvel's. The one benefit I don't give to Phase 4 is they're switching almost... I think they're losing their audience of what... They built up such a good audience, and they're not yeah. keep on continuing. They're trying to go back to a younger audience to keep on you know recycling the thing, but I think they they got to continue building with their audience they've already had built, and hopefully the kids will join on and spend some time with their family watching it like they do nowadays and get sure. them caught up involved. So I can see why Castling dying to prove that we're still here for the original audience would make sense. To have hmm. that with that character, but I think if anybody's dying, it's Hank Pym for sure. Yeah, that's Hank my bad. Pym. I, my other one I would say is I think Scott Lang dying would be great for the character of Satcher if they want to build her up because you know, yeah, but then one then, one that then, establishes Kang as a huge threat, it kills off a beloved character, but it also then elevates. Captain. But they're already doing the refresher character replace. You got to keep a couple. The only consistent one right now is Doctor Strange. Yeah, really. If you think Thor, 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 you could say Thor, but Thor's Thor. got the like his daughter. Yeah, or not his daughter. I guess his daughter was the one that played the character. But you know, you have like a younger version. Yeah, that's that, fair. So. If you kill off Ant Man, then who's left to be the Avengers? Well, I mean, you, other than you Doctor have Strange, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. But yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel. I think was good. Too. I mean, we don't want to be involved in that, but it, it was it was a good film. I think a lot of people give it too much flack for. You know, yeah, I, I do think they kind of pulled her off, pulled her in a little strong to be like this OP Avenger person, and that's her in the comics. Though. That, that's her too. I mean, exactly, that's her personality. So um, she's always been like that, and I think people give that a lot of flack, and people don't like Brie Larson, but I think I think she did a really good job. Yeah, I think uh, I think but, sometimes she could be a little bit so flat, yeah. but it's she didn't really. But even though she's more. still a new character overall, yeah. right? She came at the very end. Yeah. So you have Doctor Strange really would be the only one if they do Scott Lang. Well, yeah, the Guardians. It seems like Wong might be the new like Avengers person. He kind of seems like that bridge character. Wong would be cool. I'll accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're at the ninety minute mark. We went thirty minutes over, which is you know that's fine. We did good. We did good. All right. uh, So outro sound off. I still don't have a good outro yet. I usually just like all right, bye. But anyway, this is Don't Evolve Me. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, This is is the greatest podcast of all time. I'm telling you right here, right now. Okay, fine. We'll make it the title. Greatest podcast of all time. Heck yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you.